0: All right. Uh, ready to get into God's word this morning? Okay. Thank you for uh, leading us musically, guys. Thank you so much, team. Um, so we are starting a new sermon series this morning called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Subtitle, Life, Gender, Sexuality, and the Bible. So um, normally, uh, we're going through uh, books of the Bible verse by verse at Fellowship Raleigh, and we're doing that now. In fact, we're in a study of the book of Acts, and we're taking a four-week break for the month of February uh, to, to cover these big issues. Um, so you got an insert when you came in this morning, and it has the notes for the message this morning on one side, and on the other side, it sort of has a guide. That you can fill in, and uh, as we go uh, through this series, um, you know we're taking some time uh, to look at these big issues that that come up in the workplace, in the classroom, in your neighborhood, in your family, and I think it's good to look at these things and say, "What is God's word?" really say about these things so that we can talk about them from a Christian worldview and with love. So this is, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. A little controversial. In fact, coincidentally, I was removed from Facebook last night. So there you go, just for promoting this sermon series. For sure, that's why. So I want to read to you just some... uh, verses uh, that we're going to be covering this morning. The first one is going to be Proverbs sixteen twenty four, which I think is just like really a tone that I want to set for the series. But then I want to read some of Psalm 139, which is what we're diving into deeply this morning. And so let me just read these verses, um, and then we're going to pray together, and we're going to jump in. We have three points this morning, okay? So hear God's word. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And now Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for so many things. We thank you that we could be here together studying the word. God, we, we pray that you would equip us this morning, that, that we would, Lord, really understand some things clearly, uh, not for us, not just so that we could just have a ton of information, but, Lord, so that we could be good, bold witnesses of the beauty, the truth, and the compassion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we really have good news, so help us to share good news in the moment where we've been born, the places where you've put us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning we're looking at three points, basically. So we're talking about love thy body, we're talking about the body, and the three, like I guess an outline would be creation, well no, first would be culture and the body, and then creation in the body, and that's where we're going to dive into Psalm 139, And then I want to close with Christ and the body. And so first, culture and the body. And by that, I mean the culture that we live in. The culture we live in has been and is moving rapidly in a direction that gives very little value to the physical body. There was a movie in 2018 called Ready Player One based off the novel from 2011 by Ernest Cline. And in the movie, the teenager, who's really the main character, and the setting is the year 2045, he shares this as he's sort of taking the viewers on a guide in this immersive sort of metaverse that the movie is based in. He says, this is the oasis. It's a place where the limits of reality are your own imagination. You can do anything, go anywhere, like the vacation planet, surf a 50-foot monster wave in Hawaii. You can ski down the pyramids. You can climb Mount Everest with Batman. People come to the oasis for all the things they can do, but they stay because of all the things they can be tall, beautiful, scary, a different sex, a different species, live action, cartoon, it's your call. Except for eating, sleeping, and bathroom breaks, whatever people want to do, they do it in the oasis. Now, this is a virtual reality world, okay? And since everyone is here, this is where we meet each other. This is where we make friends. Now, the reason I share that is I want to see if you heard it, the view of the physical body. The physical body just eats, sleeps, and goes to the bathroom. Everything else, all the things that really matter, happen in the Oasis. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of a company called Meta, calls the metaverse... You know what he calls it? The embodied internet. There was a, a story that I heard. I actually watched a video, a YouTube video online from BBC. The video is titled Boy or Girl. And the person speaking into the camera on this video claims they are a non binary individual and they're sort of explaining their position. And they say this the truth is, listen. That gender is in the brain, and physical sex is completely separate and different thing that's private to every individual. People need to realize it doesn't matter what meat skeleton you've been born in. It's what you feel that defines you. So just remember, gender is what you feel, not what your parts are. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Again, do you hear the devaluing of the body? The direction of our culture, that it's been going and that it is going. Little value to the physical body. Eat, sleep, use the bathroom, the meat skeleton you were born into. How did we get here? So we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And so I'm going to read to you a couple of quotes, and you're going to need to use your mind for a moment to really, really think about what we're talking about, because I want to consider how do we get here in her book, with the same title as my sermon this morning, in her book, Love Thy Body, Answering the Hard Questions About Life and Sexuality, author Nancy Piercy states, now listen to this quote, The key to understanding all the controversial issues of our day. Hey, just that statement right there should make you want to lean in. (laughs) Really? The key? Okay. The key to understanding all the controversials of our day is that the concept of the human being has been fragmented into an upper and lower story. Secular thought today assumes a body-person split with the body defined in the fact realm by empirical science, that's lower story, and the person defined in the values realm as the basis for rights, that's the upper story. This dualism has created a fractured, fragmented view of the human being in which the body is treated as separate from the authentic self. So let me show you a picture to just picture this. So you can see the two stories here of truth. Just consider how this is the secular view. Faith and morality in the upper story. There is no staircase. There is no integration between these two floors of the house. Faith and morality, upper story. Science, lower story. Values, upper story. Facts, lower story. Your privately held beliefs, upper story. Publicly sort of valid for everyone beliefs, lower story. Subjective, objective. And then here's what's key for us. The person, upper story. The physical body, lower story. I'll give you some examples. You hear someone say something like, it's just sex, lower story not love, upper story. Or yeah, life does start at conception. I'll grant you that, lower story, physical body. But it's not yet a person, upper story. My authentic self, upper story, is not my body, lower story. So you see how it works. And this is the way that our world is thinking about this. And so it's important as we seek to engage the world with the Bible and the gospel and with love that we understand these worldviews. And we understand that those are not to be our worldviews. One more quote from Nancy Piercy, same book. If you get a handle on this two-story division, you will have the tools to uncover, watch this, the deeply dehumanizing worldview at the heart of abortion, assisted suicide, homosexuality, transgenderism, and the sexual chaos of the hookup culture. So the point here really is this, and if you're on the backside of the insert this morning, I've already provided it for you, but the dehumanizing lie for this first week, and I'm going to give one for each week this month, is that your body is not very important. It's random cells. It's just a container. It's not relevant to identity, to moral value, to sexuality, and to gender. And so what does God's word really have to say about these things? And that leads us to our second point. So the first point is culture in the body. The second point is creation and the body. And I want to give you three points here, and these come right out of Psalm 139. So right now, we're going to study God's word, Psalm 139. So we're going to be focused on verses 13 and 14. We're going to be reading it. We're going to be unpacking it. We're going to be studying it to get truth relating to what we're discussing. So first thing I want to tell you is that Psalm 139 has 24 verses in it, verse 1 through verse 24. It starts with you have searched me and known me, God. And it ends at the very end, and we read this a moment ago, with search me and know me. And so the whole psalm is about this idea that God can, that he has, that he does, that he searches and knows us very well. That's the idea of Psalm 139. And so what David, the writer of Psalm 139, is doing in this psalm is he's sort of supporting that Premise, like in the first 12 verses, he's talking about all the attributes of God that allow him to have searched and known David. Do you see what I'm saying? He's like, you're omniscient. You're omnipresent. Where can I go from your presence? And he goes through all of these attributes of God that allow God to search and know David. Then in verse 13 and 16 through 16, he goes from attributes to just talking about that God is his creator. He's like another reason, not just your attributes of omniscience and omnipresence and all of that, but another reason, God, that you have searched me and known me is that you created me. That's the force of these verses in Psalm 139. One of the reasons, God, that you've searched me and known me and that you always can search me and know me is that you actually created me. That's what David's saying. If you buy a home, you will go before you buy it and you will do what is called a showing. You'll walk through the home, you'll take pictures, you'll think about, you know, do we want to buy it? But if you get real serious, you make an offer, you go under contract, you'll then do what is called an inspection. You'll get an inspector and they will really look at this home so carefully. They will search and know the home. And then after the inspection and repairs that are made that you request from the inspection, you'll do a walkthrough. You'll make sure it's all done. This is the process. But you know what? As well as you think you can get to know a home from doing those things, and that's a lot. You know, inspectors, they're very, very thorough. That's nothing compared to if you built it from the ground up you really know it at that point. And that's what David is saying here. He's like, God, it's not just that you're omniscient, that you're omnipresent, that you're an inspector, that you can search me and know me, that you know me. It's that you built me. You created me. Look at verse 13. Look at the first part of verse 13. The first point under creation and body is this. My body is 100% created by God. 100%. It says in verse 13, you formed my inward parts. You see that? This is uh, the word here for inward parts. It's the same word that's used in... Exodus 29, when the Israelites are being given instructions on making sacrifices, and there's a lot of detail given about the inward body parts of the animals that they're sacrificing, like the kidney and the liver. The point here is that this is your parts of your body internally. For you formed my inward parts. My body is 100% created by God. That's what David is saying is true of him, and it is what we must realize is true of us, and true of every person created by God in the image of God. Yes, our bodies are fallen and imperfect, but God's plan is not to set you free from your body, but to redeem your body. God is not just interested In your soul, love thy body. Our bodies are 100% internal body parts and all created by God and are a gift. And even though that is challenging to hear for some, we have to remember that embodied life, the, the bodies that we're allowed to live our life in, they are indeed a gift. Our bodies are not the result of a random process. The Bible does not find any consistency with that. The Bible teaches that God wanted you and me to have the bodies he gave us. My body is 100% created by God. Second point here from verse 13 as well. My body is me. My body is me. Look at how David speaks here. Look at the second part of verse 13. Look closely. Look at what he says. He says, you knitted, what does he say? Me together in my mother's womb. Great opportunity here, David, for you to say, you knitted my body together in my mother's womb, but he doesn't. He says, me. It's not just David. In Job, chapter 10, verse 11, Job says, you clothed Me, with skin and flesh, and knit me together with bones and sinews. Think about it. My body is me. If you look in the book of Genesis, the creation account in chapter 2, you see that it tells the story. It says in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Think about that. It does not say that God created Adam as a soul first and then found a container for the soul. It does not say that. One theologian from England said, we are animated bodies, not incarnated souls. My body is me. Hey, you know what? We know it's true. We know this is true. For example, if I said to you, hey, after service today, I I do not want to punch you. I just want to punch your body's face. Is that okay? Is that all right? What would you say? No, Matt, you cannot punch me. That's what you would say. Because we know this is true. Of course, there is more to us than our physical bodies, but it's impossible for a Bible-believing Christian to believe that the authentic self is entirely separate from and in conflict with the physical body that God knitted together. So my body is 100% created by God. My body is me. And now third, my body is fearfully and wonderfully created by God you see the word fearfully here. Word literally means fear. 320 times in the Old Testament, a very common word for fear. It means to tremble, to like really be afraid. And you think about someone making something fearfully and what picture comes to your mind? Perhaps you think of, you know, one of those like shows where someone's making a bomb and they're like, putting the wires together and handling the uranium, and it's just very sort of anxiety-producing because you don't want to mess up. But that might not be the best example for fearfully making us. But still, the focus that you have perhaps when assembling IKEA furniture. (laughs) It's like, I got to do this, right, because I don't want to redo it. Or maybe a new parent assembling a crib for their child and wanting to make sure that it's safe. Or for the first time, installing a car seat in their car, fearfully making that happen. We're fearfully, and it says also wonderfully made. This word is a word that means to be different, to be impossible, to be wonderful. I was reading an article online this week about, um, well, here's the title of the article, Tesla's AI revolution, machines that set Tesla apart. And the article talks about, you know, in these gigafactories that Tesla has where they're really pushing out lots of electric cars, it says that the casting machine is what makes Tesla set apart that they are going to build the entire exoskeleton of the new Tesla truck out of one piece of steel because of this advanced AI casting machine. And here's why I share that with you. Because I want you to hear the irony that the word or the idea of being totally set apart is used in a headline describing a machine that's going to be on an assembly line mass-producing things that look exactly the same. See, God has fearfully and wonderfully created you. He's made billions of human beings and never made one the same. He's not mass-producing people. Each person's body is hand-made handcrafted, fearfully and wonderfully made. Here's the thing I want to say. Again, creation in the body, 100% created by God. My body is me. My body is fearfully and wonderfully created by God. Think about this. (laughs) David is writing here. Now, David was the king of Israel. And if you recall, he became king When the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's farm, and Jesse was David's dad, and he was looking for a king, and all the brothers of David passed before Samuel. And Samuel thought for sure most of these guys would be the king. And they're like, God's like, nope, it's not not that guy, it's not that guy, it's not that guy. Samuel's looking for a king. He's looking for a guy that looks kind of kingly, you know? Like broad shoulders, kind of looks like one of the guys from 300, like a king. And God says to Samuel, First Samuel 16, verse 7, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Now, this verse is forever tied to David. What an accomplishment, you know? It's like, like if you're like you know in like youth group in high school or something, and people are trying to set you up with someone and to date them or whatever, and you're like, yeah, I know, but like I just and I feel kind of wrong admitting it, but I'm not very physically attracted to them. And then your youth pastor is like, hey, listen, buddy. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. Do not look at their appearance at all. <laughs> the Lord sees not as man sees. How would you like for this? This is poor David, this verse is him. Like, he is famous. This verse applied to him. Like, the... It's okay that you're ugly and you don't look kingly. God sees the heart, not your sort of not-seeableness, okay? Like, that's, like, he made that verse famous. How would you like to be the person that made that verse famous? Man. But David is also the one who's writing Psalm 139, speaking of himself, and he is saying, I am fearfully And wonderfully made. He says, I praise you, verse 14, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at this. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Culture in the body, creation in the body, and now Christ in the body. Let's consider what Jesus has to say to all of this. So, God the Son, Jesus Christ, came to this world bodily. The incarnation, we call it. Sam Alberry, in his book says, Jesus' incarnation is the highest compliment the human body has ever been paid. God not only thought, our bodies up and enjoyed putting several billion of them together, he made one for himself. John 1:14 says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." So Jesus came bodily. Jesus Christ died on the cross bodily, the crucifixion. There is one single way that embodied people like me and like you who are fallen and sinful can be reconciled with a holy God. And that is through Jesus Christ giving his body for you and me on the cross. Luke 22, Jesus anticipating the cross, celebrating the last supper with his disciples, says, this is my body, which is given for you on the cross. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus came bodily. He died on the cross bodily. But he didn't just sort of like put the body on for like the Christmas and cross special occasions, the way perhaps we dress up special for Christmas and Easter. No, he kept the body thing going. He was buried bodily. He rose bodily. The resurrection, Luke 24, he says, to his disciples now risen, Jesus says, see my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Incarnation, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and even the return of Christ. The book of Acts, chapter one, verse 11 says that he will return just as he departed in the ascension, that he is returning bodily. And then the Bible promises those who have put their faith in Christ that Jesus will one day make our bodies like his glorification. Philippians 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Christ in the body. What are we seeing here as we consider Christ in the body? Think about that last point about Jesus that he will transform believers' bodies. What does that mean to you? This is what it means. It means that your body's best days are ahead, not behind. The great hope is not an escape in the form of the movie Ready Player One's The Oasis or The Metaverse or in the form of some kind of physical change or transition within your body, the great hope is fully redeemed in immortal bodies in the new heaven, and the new earth with Christ. Culture in the body. The lie there that the body does not matter. Creation and the body. The truth that my body is me and that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And Christ and the body. We're seeing here that we cannot believe in, worship, and claim to follow the bodily risen Jesus Christ and at the same time devalue the body. If we do turn from our sin if we believe in Jesus Christ and we follow him, there is nothing but truly great and amazing news for our bodies. Purchased, redeemed. You are not your own. He bought you with a price. Glorify God with your body. Transformed, sanctified, glorified with an immortal body forever. So brothers and sisters of Fellowship Raleigh, love thy body and be able to show those you love this much better way. Let's close in prayer.